like I normally do, but I got my scriptures, I got my points that I want to talk through, and and uh, we'll see where God takes us from here tonight. But one thing that I notice in the scripture is that every time Jesus taught the word of God, when he taught the people, when he finished teaching the people, something happened every time. Every time he finished teaching the word, at least one person was healed or God did something for somebody. And I believe that ties into what the apostle was talking about with signs following, right? As Peter began to preach the word of God, Peter preached the word of God in Acts chapter number two and, and, and the people began to respond and people were filled with the Holy Ghost. And signs following. Amen. Everyone that is filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, and every believer ought to be um, having the, the glory of God follow them. Amen. And so all of that being said, I believe that every time the truth is preached and proclaimed in the house of the Lord, that God wants to step in and confirm his word with signs following. Amen. I, I believe we could pray right now. Amen. But I, I, I want to help build our faith tonight. Amen. In, in the word of God. But not only that, but when, we, when the word of God is done, faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so I believe that we can have our faith built. And then when we pray for these situations, that God can step in because our faith is lifted after the word of God has come. Amen. I, I believe God wants to do it tonight. I believe he can do it. Amen. Praise God. Before I get into the word of the Lord, um, Brother Tuffy, I, I, I meant to call you uh, yesterday. I got busy and just didn't get a chance to. But we have uh, we went to camp last night, and uh, three, people got the, three, three young folks got the Holy Ghost last night. And I'm so thankful for that. I was able to be there and, and, and be a part of that. And I know we have a Bible study planned for tomorrow night, but my, my, my question is, um, God's doing something there at that camp, and I, I, I would love to encourage you to go if you can at all, and if, if I want you to think about it, and we'll talk about it after service, but if, if anybody wants to go with me, we can, we can pack into my car, or I'll, I'll take you guys over there, and we'll come straight back uh, after the service is over. Um, but I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost was moving last night, and uh, it's going to move here tonight. I believe that wholeheartedly, amen, because where two or three are gathered together in his name, he said, there I am in the midst of them. And so we are here tonight. We've gathered together in, in his presence, and we're going to see his, I believe we're going to hear what he has to say tonight. But uh, I, I'm, here's the thing. I'm trying, I, I've, I, I've, I've had this, I don't know, you want to call it a revelation. I think it's time that we get out of our shell that we've always been in. Look, there's other folks out there that believe what we believe. There are other folks out there that love this truth as much as we love the truth. And I tell you what, when we begin to fellowship with those other folks, amen, you begin to see the glory of God meet together. Look, we're not in competitions between churches. We're just not. He's my brother. They're my sister's. Amen. And when, when revival's falling in their place, I want to rejoice with them. You know why? Because when revival begins to fall in this place, 
amen, as, as we begin to see it happen, amen, they're going to be rejoicing with us, and they're going to want to help partake of that as well, amen, and so I, I, I'm encouraging you, if you can go, um, you're welcome, I, I, would, I, would, I would love to go with you, and uh, we would have to leave here by no later than 6 if to be there for prayer time, but uh, if, if worse comes to worse, then we need to leave a little bit later. Uh, 6.30 would be the absolute latest in order to make it to church on time for service. And we may just have a little prayer meeting in the vehicle on the way there. Um, and uh, I tell you, there's, there's something to be said, Brother Mendez, about watching kids from, from Mateo's age. Now you're seven right now, so from, from his age all the way. I think I saw some six-year-olds there last night. Maybe I was wrong. Some, I saw some little kids. And they were dancing and shouting all over the place. And uh, I tell you what, these, these little girls, one, last, one of them last night, she had this beautiful hairdo when she went down to at, at, at uh, altar call. By the time she got finished down there, her hair had no bobby pins in it and it had no scrunchies in it, nothing was in it. They were picking her stuff up all around the place. And uh, one girl, she got to worshiping the Lord so much. Maybe I'm going to scare you off, but... Uh, it just does my heart good to see young people love God like that and not to be ashamed to glorify God, no matter if their friends are there, no matter what their friends are going to say. And I, I watched one young lady, her dad actually went to the hospital yesterday and they were trying to get his heart rate elevated. They couldn't get it elevated over 50 uh, beats per minute. And uh, so we're going to pray for him in a little while as well. He is a friend of mine. I don't know if he's in church right now or not, but uh, uh, he's been in and out of church time and time again. And uh, they were planning to do a pacemaker surgery today to try to fix that problem. And so we're going to pray for him in a little while as well. I know we're going to pray for Brother Mendez. We're going to pray for your brother um, and uh, that God would touch these these situations. And your brother had a stroke. Is that what you said? And uh, God, God can reach down and help these things. Amen. God is more than able to do all of these things. Amen. But his daughter, that the man that went into the hospital, his daughter, God got a hold of her last night two or three times. And uh, man, one time she took off and, and she, she's the one that shakes her head a lot. And my goodness, her, her glasses went flying off of her face across the room. And, and uh, her grandpa was there and he hurried over and grabbed them before somebody else stepped on them. Amen. But... Uh, we had a good time in the Holy Ghost. Not every night was like that. Uh, they, they've told me that some nights they just get down there and, and you'll see these young folks in the floor weeping before God. Amen. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amen. And I want to see that happen around here, not just at youth camps. But uh, my kids will be going to youth camp next week, my older two. And uh, had I been more attentive to time, uh, we could have got... And, and Camden into this camp this week, but I missed the deadlines, and so they did say we could come and visit them in the evening times. Anyway, all that being said, man, I'm, in, I'm highly encouraging you. If you want to go, please let me know. Let's ride together. We'll get there. We'll come back, and we'll have a good time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I won't talk as long as I did last night. Amen. I didn't have people depending on me besides my daughter, so... She, she sat there behind me patiently as I'm talking. Hey, uh, there, the, 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 
camp evangelist is, is, a, is a home missions pastor as well. And uh, he was asking me, he said, hey, what, what have you seen that works reaching, reaching folks in your community? And, and so, man, you can't get me talking about that and shut me up in 10 minutes, all right? Amen. And another guy stopped me and we ended up talking about baptism. Well, he sure can't stop me from talking about that in 10 minutes. And uh, we ended up going through the scripture talking about what thus saith the word of the Lord. Amen. I've, I've taken a lot more time than I wanted to in that preliminary stuff. But I, I, wanted, I want you guys to understand, well, even next week, let's go into that. So this week, we have, oh, the last chance that we have is tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's their last service for the week. The following week, if you want to ride with me Friday night, you can come down with us. And uh, I'm going to go get my girls from camp, and it's down on the southern portion of uh, Oklahoma, down by, uh, it's called Tiger Mountain, but it's just outside of Eufaula. Uh, it's on the east west side of Eufaula Lake, and uh, I'll have to be there by 7. Um, typically, I stay overnight down there um, just so that I can help them clean up the, up the camp, and then I head back home Saturday morning. You don't want to do that. That's fine. We can make make arrangements to where I just can just get the kids and come home. Uh, they won't be mad at me for just doing that. So, if you want to go, uh, I'm telling you, there's there's power in these services, folks. I, I can't I can't say it enough. Um, I, I know a few years back, I was I was struggling. I had just gone through some some rough things in life, and I took my girls down there, and I was staying as a dorm parent. And uh, I was over the older age group kids, and we went in, and they have chapel during the daytime, which is just before lunch. And we were there. The older kids, Elder Howard preached to the young folks that day. And when he finished, we had an hour-long altar call, just kids in the altar, sprawled across the floor, calling on the name of the Lord. We finished that. All of them got up. We were dismissed to go eat lunch. And then Elder Howard was leaving out the back door, and a young man stopped him to thank him, thank him for what he had to say. And the Holy Ghost moved on Elder Howard, and he began to pray for that young man. And two hours later, well, when that happened, everybody in the sanctuary flocked into the entryway of that, of that tabernacle and filled that place. And Elder Howard and all the other preachers, we began to go through these kids for another two hours praying with them. And uh, I'm telling you, it was rich. And it's just like that every time that I go. Amen. I'm not trying to give it some undue uh, praise, but I want you to understand there's power when, when groups of people get together and begin to seek the, the glory of God. If you've never experienced it, I encourage you. Let, let's, let's take an opportunity and, and let's do this. Um, uh, we got we got several things coming up. Next week is the camp meeting, and then we got Holiness Conference coming up in September. The ladies' conference is coming up, I think, in November, the first week of November, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I still have yet to get that flyer. I have posted on the bulletin board back there, uh, Brother Frank Ross, his anniversary service is going to be in September, I think the first week of September, and it, they're just right here in Grandview. Just north of Grandview, so um, trying to make sure that I'm getting all this information out there, that so you, you guys could know where we can go and 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 some trusted places that we could go, safe places is what I'm 
I, I, I don't like to go to places where I feel uncomfortable. But I want to go where I know the word of God is going to be preached and truth is going to be proclaimed and it's going to be received. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 8, verse number 13. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. If I get excited tonight, I'll be surprised. I'm excited about what I got to talk about, but I don't. I think I'm going to end up teaching more than I'm going to be preaching tonight. Praise God. Proverbs chapter eight, verse thirteen. <clears throat> the Word of God says, <clears throat> "I need my screen back there." I, I keep forgetting we got one. We need to get it up there. I'm sorry, Brother Monroe. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So that word fear there simply means the honor. Can I say it that way? To honor the Lord is to hate evil. You with me today? So we can stop right there. That's a complete sentence. That's, that's a complete thought right there. But he said, I want to explain to you what evil is. He said, to fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. And the froward mouth do I hate. I don't really have a title tonight, but we're going to take... And we're going to spend some time focused upon the first portion of what evil is. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Can we do that right now? Lord, we thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for this group of people who love you and who love the message of, of the mighty God in Christ. Lord, I'm asking that you would help us tonight. God, I ask that you would open our hearts and our minds this evening. Lord, I ask that you would bind our hearts together, Lord. I ask that you would open our minds to receive your word with meekness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in this place. Can we give them a hand clap of praise right now? Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised tonight. Oh, I love you, Savior. Amen. You can be seated today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, uh, you're going to maybe relate to what I'm about to say, but I, I think once I say it, you'll see where I'm coming from. You know that this month, the month of June, has been declared what month? It's been declared Pride Month. Now we understand what that word means and is implying. Now let me ask you a question. And maybe I'm just the slow one around here, but I was sitting down thinking, I was reading through the word of the Lord and I, I, was, I was thinking on, on, on some things and I, I began to realize how much that I detest this whole agenda that's being pressed upon us all 
that, you know, if we were to press Christianity upon others as they press their belief systems upon us, we would be, we would, we would lose uh, our tax statuses. We would, we would be punished by the government in some form or fashion. But yet, we know that the government is pushing this agenda of sinfulness, something that is contrary to God, something that is detestable in the eyes of the Lord. And I, as I began to ponder these things, it hit me. Pride. And I began to contemplate what it was that caused Satan to be cast from the heavenlies. Satan's ideology was, I'm going to be like the Most High. I'm going to be just like God. He was living and being consumed by the very epitome of what this word is, pride. He was proud. He was built up in himself. I want to give a surface idea of pride. Let me tell you something. Why does pride, why does God look down upon pride? Why is pride so evil? Consider with me. Have you ever, have you ever thought about the results of pride? Who is glorified when you are proud? Me, myself, yourself. Therefore, if you're glorifying self, then who is your God? You with me today? If I am consistently looking to be uh, to to focus on how great I am and how how wonderful I have how wonderful things I have accomplished in life, then I am full of the same stuff that Lucifer was, which got him ejected from the heavenlies. And I don't believe for two seconds that it is an accident. That this filth and this garbage that is being pressed upon us is labeled with this simple word, pride. Because the father of all of that is being glorified in this. The father of the sinful is getting glory in this situation. Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs King Solomon, he, he said it this way. He said, evil is defined according to, his, according to King Solomon as pride, arrogance, and every evil way and a froward mouth. So in this list, two things, pride and arrogance, and then you can't stop flapping your jaws about everything. 
why is gossip such a big deal, right? Why, why is it something that we struggle with as human beings? Well, I'll tell you why. It's pride. Because you want everybody to know, hey, I know some things. I know something about so-and-so, and I know this about that person, and I know that about this person. Yes, it destroys them, but it is also destroying you because you are, you are a, in that moment, most of the time when, when gossip is, is spreading through uh, a group of people, it's because somebody is trying to prove that they have street cred. <laughs> and they are trying to prove themselves amongst those that they are in the middle of. But the word of God says it's evil. It's the epitome of evil. Being proud. Now, I'm a proud father, right? I'm proud. God is proud of his children when we are obedient to him. But for me and myself, I'm proud of Christianity. I'm thankful that God has given us the opportunity to be, to endeavor to be like him. I'm proud to be a Christian but not so much that I'm glorifying myself. This whole idea of pride is saying, hey, look, we're different. We're going against the norm, and we're proud about that, and we're going to destroy things. Let me tell you something. I know I'm, I'm not, I, I, Catholicism is full of filth, and it is full of, of false, false doctrine. It is full of lies. It is full of hypocrisy, but I want you to know something. There, there was, uh, I think it was Marco Rubio was posting uh, videos of this group that is anti-Catholic, but they are 100% LGBTQ, and they are defaming the cross, not just, not just the Catholic Church, but they have videos of themselves hanging up on a cross and, and not just hanging there but being very grotesque about the motions that they're making and it's disgusting. They're proud that they are trying to tear down the very fiber in which this country was built upon but let me tell you something, that pride is going to destroy this country and God is going to send a judgment against this country Amen. He, he's not going to stand by idly. In fact, he, the scripture says there was a time that God winked at this ignorance. But now he commandeth all men everywhere to do what? To repent. And it's time for us as Christians to be able to say, hey, I know that they're pushing an agenda. But let me tell you something. I've got an eternal agenda that I've got to push and I've got to tell everybody about Jesus and I've got to let them know you don't have to follow what the world is pushing out there. Let me tell you something. You go to other countries, you're going to find that they are not so readily accepting of this kind of lifestyle that's being pressed upon people. And let me tell you, pride is going to destroy not only those that are out there. And I'm trying to get away from that. I want to bring this into where we are today. Amen. I understand that we could and we have gotten a, to a place 
um, in, in our walk with God as Christians sometimes that we become overly proud and that we just go through the motions and uh, we, we say, hey, look, I'm dressed just right. I, I, I'm saying the right words. I go to church faithful every time and, and uh, we want people to look at me for who I am and what I have done. And that's just as wrong as the other pride that I've been talking about. When we start focusing upon us, me, 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 it's not okay, folks. And it's an agenda that goes beyond just, beyond just wokeness, folks. This, this, this is a battle for your soul and for every soul that is trying to endeavor to be like Christ. The scripture can, goes on in another passage of scripture um, declaring that God hates pride. Proverbs chapter number 6 verse 16 through 19. The Bible says these six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And look at verse 17, the first one on the list. What is it? A proud look. I want you to pay attention to one other thing that's in this list. The second thing is a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief. And look, verse 19, two more times, things that have to do with what we say, a false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. Three things out of seven that God hates so very much that it makes him want to vomit. Become, he, it causes him to become nauseous. Three out of seven have to do what we say. Whether we're lying, whether we're sowing discord among brethren... That's gossip, by the way, or a false witness speaking lies just so they can cause hurt to, and damage to somebody else. In fact, I, I believe it was James said it this way, and I may be wrong with that. One of the writers of the epistles <laughs> said it this way. He said that if you hate your brother, you are the same as a murderer to your brother. got to be careful but going back to verse number 17 the first thing in the list of the seven abominations unto God the first thing is a proud look a proud look I, as I was studying this I came across this article I didn't actually put it was one of my study material uh, dictionaries um, and, and one of the things that they had to say was pride. The emphasis placed on pride and its converse humility is a distinctive feature of biblical religion. It is unparalleled in other religious or ethical systems. There is what is known as rebellious pride, which refuses to depend on God and be subject to Him. But attributes to self, the honor but attributes to self the honor due to him 
figures as the very root and essence of sin. The Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs made it very clear. I said the epitome, the very essence, the, the bowels, the, 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 the foundation of pride. The foundation, let me say it this way, of evil is pride. It's what destroys us. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 17 through 19 tells me this. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Verse 17, the highway of the upright is to do one thing, depart from evil. He that keeps his way preserveth his soul. And verse 18, pride goeth before what? Before what? And a haughty spirit before a fall. Verse 19, better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil. I wanted to lay the foundation of, of, of the sin of pride. But that's not where I want to focus the rest of the night. I want you to understand there is an alternative to pride. We don't have to dwell in the, in the bosom of pride, but we can allow ourselves to be changed. It's in our nature to be proud. It's in our nature to want to say, hey, everybody look at me. Look at what I've accomplished. Look who I am today. Have you ever heard somebody, when you're, when you're dealing with some situation, and, and they look at you dead in the face and they say, well, you don't even know who I am, do you? I've had that happen to me before. And I've looked at them again and I said, you know, I really, I don't care who you are. If you're fighting against truth, and that, that conversation I was dealing with was they were standing up against the, the preacher and what he preached that night, and he was they were upset because, well, it rubbed them the wrong way. What's the old saying? You know, if, if you're a cat and, and it's rubbing you the wrong way, well, turn around. Right? If it's rubbing you the wrong way, the hair's standing up backwards, well, it's not comfortable when, 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 when it's rubbing, well... Maybe that means you're focusing in the wrong direction. Anyway, all that being said, I don't really care who I am even, except for the fact that I know who he is and how that he looked down on me and said, hey, I've got a purpose for you. And I need you not to be focused on you, but I need you to be focused on me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of Hilton, right? Not the kingdom of Decker. Let me tell you something. If you build his kingdom, he'll build yours. How he's always worked. You want the blessings of God? Why don't you bless him? Why don't you try to outbless him? Try me, he said. Ain't that what he said, Brother Donnie? 
He said, I want you to try me and see if what I'm telling you is the truth. God issued. I told the preachers last night that I was talking to, I said, you know, the only time I've really ever said I dare you to do something is when I've been daring you to outgive God. Look, God gives to us many blessings. I'm not just talking finances, although he does work in that realm as well. You give to God your tithe and then you give above your tithe and, you, and, and, and then God turns around and blesses that extra giving that you gave and then all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm going to try that again, but I'm going to give more this next time. And you watch God come back and he, he turns around and he said, okay, well here, I'm, I'm going to take that and I'm going to give it back to you. Press down, shaking together and running over. If we're not willing to give to God, whether it's your time, what did we decide the other day? It was about two hours and 15 minutes a day if you were to give him a, a tithe of your time. I mean, really, think about it. How long do you spend time scrolling through Facebook or, or just shooting the breeze with a friend of yours? What would happen if I took that little bit of time and said, every day I'm going to be focused on this time. I'm not going to be focused on me. Look, I'm preaching to me too. I, I, need, I, need, to, I need to be more disciplined than, than ever before. The closer I get to God, the more that I want to be consumed by his word, by his presence, and by his relationship with me. I want to have more of him in my life. Pride and haughtiness will destroy your soul. But humility brings forth the blessing of God. In fact, if you want to inherit things in this world, I want to, I want to gain more so that I can help more. That ought to be the mentality of every Christian living in, in this earth. Is God, if you're going to bless me, let it come to me. That way I can pass it on to somebody else. And God comes back and he said, all right, I need you to help somebody else. And he gives you some more. And he can go over and help somebody else. That's how God works. Well, hallelujah. I need the glory of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number five, blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit He was simply quoting, he was simply referring to Psalm chapter 37 verse 11 where the psalmist said, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. How many of you want an abundance of peace in your life? How many of you are tired and sick and tired of having stress and, and, and depression and, and oppression in our, in our life and, and, and we need peace? Well, let me tell you something. Jesus said how to get it, right? He said, get the Holy Ghost. He said, because, he said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. And the psalmist is saying here, if you want the abundance of peace in your life, you need to be a meek person. That, doesn't, that means I don't have pride. That doesn't mean you're weak. Meekness doesn't equal weakness, folks. Moses was known as one of the most meek men in the, in the Bible. But he wasn't a weak man. 
stood before millions of people and, 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 and evermore told them what for. Because they were wrong. He let them know, you're, you're doing wrong, folks. But he could do that because he was a meek man. And he had an understanding. They had an understanding that he was an humble man. Meekness and humbleness, very, very similar. Amen. And you're going to hear me using meekness and humbleness um, simultaneously tonight. And, 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 and I want you to understand that Jesus is teaching us, hey, I want you to understand there's power in meekness. You don't have to be proud. You don't have to have pride in your life. But rather you should have the opposite. You should say, hey, here I am. Whatever it is you need from me, God, here I am. I'm giving myself to you. Amen. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need you. I cannot survive without my Savior. I cannot make it a day without my Jesus at my side. Amen. And he's not going to be at my side if I'm not walking with him every day. He's not going to be available readily if I'm, if, if I'm not staying up with him on a regular basis. Lord, let me get closer to you than I ever have before. Amen. I've used the analogy before, but somebody needs to rise up like Enoch and say, hey, I'm walking with God today. When I wake up tomorrow morning, hey, I got business to do, but I'm going to go walk with God today. When I wake up the next morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go find where God's at and I'm going to spend time with him again. Amen. Every single day that I wake up, I want to spend my time in the presence of my Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. And later on you find where he, Jesus is telling us the people around him in Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 29, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? For, my, for I am meek and lowly in heart. If you take my yoke upon you, it's easy. How many of you need rest? Well, here he is teaching us about the Holy Ghost again. He said, I want you to take my yoke upon you. Yoke up with me. My burden is easy. My yoke is easy, he said. My burden is light. I want rest in my soul. I want the Holy Ghost in my soul. This is why we don't celebrate a specific day as the Sabbath. You realize that, right? And it, because Hebrews teaches us that, that, that we, we're not celebrating the Sabbath day, but we are still celebrating the Sabbath. Do you know what the Sabbath is? It's the rest. What did Isaiah said? He said that with a stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to my people. And what is it? He said, and this is the rest wherewith I will cause the weary to rest. The Holy Ghost coming into your life is the Sabbath that you need, the rest that you need in your life. 
Amen. And it helps remove uh, the pride. Uh, amen. That, that so easily can destroy my life. Uh, and, it, and it begins to interject uh, what Jesus said. I am meek and I am lowly. Amen. He's trying to put his meekness into us. He's trying to interject, amen, his lowliness into our life. Amen. I need more of Jesus because I know one thing. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Without him, we are nothing. Jesus is the only one that has the right to be proud. But yet, while he walked this earth, he chose not to be proud and arrogant. You with me today? I want you to consider with me a few things, and I'm almost done. And it's only 8.30. I'm going to try to hurry, hurry. But I want you to consider this. There was a time, multiple times, Brother Mendez, when Jesus was there and mobs of people gathered around him. They wanted to kill him, and he could have risen up in arrogance. He said, you have no idea who I am because he had every right to do it, Sister Rini. He had the, the creator of the universe abiding in him completely. He could have at any moment's notice said, off with their heads, <laughs> and they would have all fell over, and he could have walked free. But Brother Tuffy, you know what he did? He didn't take vengeance upon those people. No, in one instance, in the beginning of his ministry, you find where he, they backed him up to, a, uh, up to a, cl a cliff. They were ready to destroy him. You know what happened? He didn't hurt nobody. He didn't hit nobody. He didn't spit on nobody. He didn't cuss nobody. He just said, all right, they don't want me here. So supernaturally, Jesus walked through the crowd and disappeared from their midst. He could have took vengeance upon those folks. He had every right. They had stones in their hands to kill him. But he decided, I'm going to have mercy today. They don't know what they're doing. He was meek. Let me ask you, somebody's spitting and throwing rocks at you. How are you going to respond? David taught us about humility. Jesus taught us about humility. Jesus at the cross, those men that were beating him, those men that jabbed the crown of thorns on his head. Boy, he could have got mad and he could have he could have took out his wrath upon those people. But he he chose not to. He chose to go to the cross as a meek and lowly individual, as a sheep to the slaughter. And as he went, this is how Matthew said it about him. Matthew 21 and 5. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. 
He didn't come in royal and splendor. He came on a donkey. He didn't walk, he didn't come into Jerusalem riding a big white steed as many kings would have. But he rode upon the lowliest of the animals, found him a donkey, and he rode on the donkey as a meek and humble man. I want to be like Jesus. I can't let what the world is trying to push as their agenda to destroy my spirit. You know, what I think would be devastating in this day and hour is if the church, in response to the pride that's being pushed out there and the agendas that are being pushed out, if the church stood up in arrogance, we wouldn't win the battle. This here, my friends, yes, we need to stand for truth, but we, not, we ought not be stupid about it. We ought not be risen up in pride, because when we do that, we remove ourselves from the ranks of God. I want to be humble. I want to be, hum- I want to, I want to be humiliated. <laughs> I, I want, I want the meekness of Jesus. To abide in my heart. I'm nothing, folks. I'm nothing. But he is everything. And when they see me, Sister Rini, I want them to say, hey, if anybody, if anybody is depicting Christ in this day and hour, it's her. That man's a Christian. That would be an honor to me. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never be exalted in the fact that I got involved in some kind of altercation. I'll stand for the truth, folks. I'll fight for the truth. But as long as God leads me, I want to walk in his humility. I want to walk in his meekness. I don't want any assimilance or visible pride in my life. When Elder preached it this way, he said it's the apostasy of the Pentecostal church. He began to preach about pride. As I'm closing this morning, this evening, I want you to consider with me, you know why Saul fell and David stayed strong in the Lord? It's because David had a Saul in his life. Saul did not have a David in his life. Saul did not have a Saul in his life. God used Saul to drive pride out of the heart. I don't know who I was talking to. I, I really don't remember who it was I was talking to. But I, I looked at them and I said, I want you to know something. God works best with broken vessels. 
my brothers and my sisters, I want you to understand, God still works best with broken hearts. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't bother me when I break down and start crying in front of a whole crowd of folks. To me, that's not a sign of weakness, my brothers and sisters. That's a sign of strength in the Lord. I want to be sensitive to the moving of his spirit. I want the Holy Ghost to have its way in my life. I want him to use me, but not for my glory, only for his. Only for his. Now that I have preached, this is, or taught, or whatever you want to call this tonight, I really feel like right now is the time that we need to go to the Lord in prayer for these situations. We understand, hey, we can't do anything about it, but there is one who we, we know can. And so tonight, I want to pray for Brother Grooms. the one that's in the hospital with the heart problems. What's your brother's name? Tommy. I'm going to pray for Tommy that God would help him recover from this stroke in such a way that he can come and, and give himself to God. That would be the most beautiful story ever. That would be a beautiful story. And before we finish today, I want to anoint Brother Mendez with oil and pray for him. Don't know why his back keeps being a problem. God heals him. He messes up. God heals him. I don't know why. I really don't, Brother Mendez. I'm asking God why. But if God never gives us a direction, he's still faithful. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he does. No, he really does. Sometimes we don't like being broken so often. I know I don't, Brother Tuffy. I don't like to be tough, broken 